You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of the Yankees Magazine podcast is brought to you by the MLB app. Yankees baseball is always live with the MLB app. Follow the action with game tracking and video highlights, along with up-to-the-moment stats, standings, breaking news, and more. Download the MLB app today. It's your number one app for Yankees baseball. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yankees Magazine podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. Joining me right now, we have our editor-in-chief, Al Sanasiri. Hello. How you doing, Al? I know that you wish you could have uh, nailed that intro that time, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I still have it for the time being. You still got it. Yeah, and our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. Hello, everybody. What is going on? We are once again coming to you live from Al's office in Yankee Stadium. It is a... Uh, grand to be back and as we do this we are ready to be joined by many 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 thousands of our friends because yankee stadium is fully open at this point we are done with capacity restrictions and everything like that so i know that uh we had a weekend series against oakland and a couple games here against kansas city but it's starting to really feel like a normal baseball season in some ways and that's pretty exciting it's amazing you know that It's obviously so exciting and so important what goes on on the field, but from a more of a, you know, macro level or global level, it's actually more exciting, in my opinion, what's going on off the field and in the seats. And the fact that, you know, the world and the, and the city and the state are in a a place where we can welcome back fans at capacity. I don't know. To me, it's, it's, it's pretty important milestone in the in the in history basically and it's a special thing and and frankly something that i'm not a super pessimistic person but it's something i feel like we got to quicker than i even thought we would yeah back before the season began if i recall correctly when we were doing our preseason uh predictions for what would happen in 2021 i was the one who said i thought we'd be back to uh normal sized crowds by labor day and you guys were not so sure about that so i think i might have uh chalked one up for for nathan there on that question (laughs) yeah we'll go we'll go through all the others and see how you did Uh, yeah (laughs) might be the first uh baseball prediction i've ever gotten right um but yeah no seriously it is it is awesome and it was just so great to hear yankee stadium sound like yankee stadium again and i'm sure it'll continue to do (laughs) do so even more uh as the the season rolls on here so looking forward to that and, and I'll say, I mean, one of the perks, if you will, of our job is that we do get to go to a lot of Yankee games. And I mean, look, we can speak realistically here. You know, not every day is that sunshine and roses. There are times you want to get home to your family at a reasonable hour. So, you know, it, it's always kind of like, on the one hand, no one's going to cry for you on a night that you have to stay stay here late to work at a Yankees game. But it, it, it is work. I will say, however... And, and, you know, just for full disclosure, we're recording this on Tuesday. So we're recording this actually before the Kansas City series. But I wasn't able to make it to any of the Oakland games over the weekend because I had family things going on. And because of a couple of random commitments this week, I can't make it to any of the Kansas City games. And I'm a little bummed because I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to hear the stadium the way it's meant to be heard, in a sense. And I'm sitting there looking at that Angel series next week. And it's exciting because Shohei Otani is going to be coming to town. It's exciting because... 
whatever, it's summer baseball, but I, I just can't wait to stand in those lines, kind of trying to make your way around the stadium sometimes and kind of deal with that crush of people just for that ultimate just release of listening to baseball fans with more baseball fans, I guess. I've done it, you know, a little bit and this weekend I was here. It's so reassuring. I don't I don't know any other word. It's so reassuring. It feels weird to say in 2021 that it brought me back to 2019. <laughs> like I'm talking about a year that was a decade ago. Uh, it feels like it was a decade ago. But in terms of what we experienced, and again, I come from vantage point of, of someone who was not sick and didn't, you know, lose any family members or, or anything like that. But it still feels like a lifetime has passed since 2019. 2019 was a really great year for me personally. And um, I just think about how nostalgic I am and, and how weird it is to be nostalgic about a year that was two years ago. And it's funny because, I mean, again, not to make this the, you know, John Schwartz family business uh, podcast here. I thought that's what... <laughs> Oh, okay. I that's thought that's, it, that's what it was. I'm sorry, Coach. Um, <laughs> you, you know, uh, today was my kid's last day of school. And obviously, look, anytime your young kids uh, move up a year, it's exciting. But it just feels like such a survival, <laughs> mm -hmm. having made it through this year in a sense. And my wife and I, you know, as we were kind of letting them out of the car this morning at the school, we drove them together. And it felt like such an accomplishment. It felt like something so huge that had been done. Just, you know, an another sense of putting all of the pain of the last year and everything that we went through, you know, behind us a little bit. It's not to say everything's perfect. It's not to say everything is fixed or anything like that. It's just another guidepost in a sense of making progress from what we overcame in a sense. And it was emotional. I mean, again, you know, my daughter moved up from kindergarten. It's always emotional. It's always exciting. But this just felt a little different. There's a lot of things uh, from from 2020 and, and the pandemic that I'm looking forward to putting in the rearview mirror. But, you know, I, I'm always a kind of a, a big silver linings type guy. And, uh, you know, I remember uh, when I asked Aaron Boone uh, for a Q&A that we did earlier this season, you know, what do you think? Will, will anything good come out of this? Because he, he's the same way. And, uh, you know, he said, uh, hopefully this gives us, you know, having endured this this time, it gives us a little better appreciation for the things we do have and the people who are in our lives uh, that we weren't, you know, able to see for so long. So uh, that's that's kind of how I feel, you know, with the, the games being back and standing around in crowds and having to work weekends and late nights and stuff. It's like, uh, I'm going to revel in that for for a while and and just be thankful that the stuff is all coming back and if i if i could skip ahead for just one second to a story we're actually not going to discuss today we're going to discuss in the future but one of the things that happened in june which is covered with a pretty big feature in our july feature was the lou gehrig day celebration and it was a story that i wrote and i spoke to a lot of the people a lot of the family members of people who had succumbed to als and one thing that surprised me but in retrospect, it makes total sense, is one of the people I was speaking to, Mike Crawford, who's actually Garrett Cole's father-in-law, he's Brandon Crawford's father and Amy Crawford Cole's father, he mentioned to me that one of the things that they are taking as a positive from this past year is seeing that when you get all the doctors together, and when you get all the science together, and when you get all the money together, you can make a vaccine really quickly. And they've looked at, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease over the past 80 years since Luke Eric died and seen no progress. And, you know, he was saying, you know, a little bit sheepishly, but also a little bit hopefully and a little bit, you know, determinedly, for lack of a better word, 
that, you know, that was uh, <laughs> something that they were hoping uh, another positive that might come from uh, this last year. So, you know, I, I think we're a little bit uh, around the bend there on, on that, but it was something that struck me. No, you know, it's, uh, it's I think seeing the, the way that the vaccine was, was, you know, came together and how efficiently it's been rolled out across the world really uh, has given a lot of hope to a lot of people, you know, watching the, uh, the Yankees broadcast on Father's Day and uh, they were talking about prostate cancer and they had a gentleman on, I believe his name was Michael Milliken, the same boat uh, as far as prostate cancer goes, you know, they saw what the vaccine did with so many people coming together and uh, provides a, a spark of hope for, for so many different populations. So this is our first episode of the summer of 2021, the official summer of 2021. So we will, in a minute, get on to one of the most summer-y, summer-ish, summer-full, I don't know what you want to say, stories that we've ever done, which is, Nate, your piece on the Cape Cod League. But before we do that, I just feel like we can't just go into an episode and not discuss the elephant in the room. And by the elephant in the room, I mean the fact that you know it has been hours since the last Yankees triple play. And I, don't, and I don't know, you know, how much longer we have to wait for another one to happen. But fans are getting restless, I think. It, it, it's amazing. I mean, I, you know, Sunday was fun. I was uh, watching and my phone got text messages from both of you guys within like a second of, of each other. It's just amazing when you see one in a lifetime, really. We're not at every single game. So you're kind of like, it's cool when you're at one or when you're working for a team that accomplishes that. Three in one year of all the unlikely things that have happened like this year, this season, to me, that's at the top of the list. You know, it was really unbelievable. I have this one friend, my buddy Brett, who's an Oakland A's fan. Don't ask me how that happened. But, um, you know, whenever the Yanks and Oakland uh, get together, we, you know, we usually text back and forth a little bit. And, you know, we were talking a little trash before the series started and he said well we don't hit into triple plays so i'm sure we'll be fine i kid you not this is literally what he said on friday before the series began he said the a's don't hit into triple plays so i'm sure we'll be fine because the yankees had just turned their second of the season the night before and then i mean the way that the series ended <laughs> with their third triple play it was almost hard to believe but uh that's 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 where we're at in 2021. The hard to believe thing is literally perfect because I, I'm sitting there. It's Father's Day. We are waiting for my in-laws to come to our house. I'm on the couch next to my wife. All of a sudden, like the ball is hit. And, and my reaction wasn't like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. My reaction was just like, I cannot believe this is about to happen again. Because <laughs> like, like like Aaron Boone said afterward, this wasn't anything like the triple play against Toronto where it was like 75 wacky things happening, you know, in, in the right sequence to turn that into a triple play. This was off the bat. You just looked at it and said, that's a triple play. Mm -hmm. and, and you could, it was amazing actually to hear Michael Kay literally as uh, GRHL is fielding the ball, like without even missing a beat. He's just like, they're going to do it. I don't remember what exactly the call was, but it was the same thing I'm describing. It was like, oh my God, this is going to be another triple play before the ball's even a second. So I have a question. I want your collective opinion on, on this guys. Um, and this is not in any way, shape or form to take away from how magnificent of an accomplishment it is when a team gets a triple play or two or three in a season. But one of the things I thought about and, and, kind of talked to my son about who's played in hundreds of games over the last couple of years was why is it so rare? And this is my point. There's lots and lots of situations in the history of baseball or the history of like any specific baseball game where there's runners on first and second with no outs. How come there aren't more, more balls hit hard to third base? 
Because if there were, it seems like a good percentage of those would be turned into triple plays. I mean, hit hard to third base, but that in and of itself, in my opinion, like shouldn't be something that happens once every couple of years or once a year throughout the whole sport. It's weird. And I thought about that, not when the Yankees turned that crazy, crazy triple play in Buffalo, but when the Taylor made one happened here at Yankee Stadium on Sunday. What do you guys think about that? I think this is probably an unsatisfactory answer in some ways, because I'm going to split the difference a little bit. First off, I think it's dumb luck in some regard. You know, the other thing I'll say is there were a lot of things that went very right in these two situations. You have a Rollish Chapman on the mound in both cases, who's the hardest thrower in baseball history. A guy throwing harder means that a guy's probably going to hit it a little bit harder. You have the type of defensive analytics right now, unlike those that there have ever been in the game, which put a guy like Gio Urshela in exactly the right spot. So, you know, you're combining that with a ball that's coming in harder, which should come off the bat harder with your great positioning. I don't think that's an answer for why it happens so infrequently, but I do think it goes to show why it might happen a little bit more frequently in the exact situation we are discussing, which is a Aroldis Chapman on the mound, runners on first and second. I think there's something to be said for also the little bit of wildness that he had shown up to that point that maybe had, you know, Murphy in this case being a little bit out in front again and being kind of ready for knowing that he was kind of be trying to square something up on the plate a little bit so they're expecting a fastball in that situation they can get a little bit ahead of it you know you, you have all these things kind of working together that i think it would be more surprising to me if it had been in one case a roldish chapman and in one case wandy peralta leading to the same result yeah that's a good point about the analytics and the defensive positioning i wonder if that plays a factor and i don't really have a good answer for you al other than i just think that most you know major leaguers really bust it down that first baseline and make it really hard for for in, an infield to to turn it all the way around the horn in, in that time but here we've seen the yankees infield do it twice now and it's not even the all-star break pretty fascinating I, and again it's it's also it's fascinating in, in a way that baseball is fascinating because it's also absurd like i mean you could watch the next thousand yankees games and not see a triple play and that will be less surprising than seeing two of them in a week or three of them in a season. So who knows? But obviously, look, I mean, we can we can go on with that forever. You know, we're talking about balls being hit hard, balls being thrown hard. Always, for me, one of the most interesting things about the story we're about to discuss is the Cape Cod League is when you take these players and really for the first time give them wood bats. And it's always been, you know, such a part of the game that I've always wanted to see because you know, right now we're watching the College World Series, and the College World Series is amazing, but it's also a little bit ridiculous with these metal bats at this point, and it always makes me enjoy, you know, kind of seeing the pictures and hearing the stories about the Cape Cod League. But Nate, you did really the story that I've wanted to do for a long time, and, and you did such justice to it. A, a story stole about that from the, him, Nate. I, I wouldn't say that <laughs> at all. Uh, he did it better than I uh, pitched it. Uh, but, but Nate... Uh, you know, y- you finally did the the great Cape Cod League story that's kind of been sitting there waiting for us for a while, and I, I, it was just awesome. I'd love to hear, other than the frustration, if you will, of a key element of that story being a guy, Mike Ford, who's no longer on the Yankees by the time uh, we're talking about it. You know, obviously, there's still some massive names in there, names such as Aaron Judge, DJ LeMahieu, you know, go on and on and on. I'm just, uh, you know, what are your favorite things that you remember from the reporting process of this piece? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, it's a story that's kind of been on our minds for a long time. You know, if if anyone happens to not be familiar with it, the Cape Cod Baseball League is a a summer league for 
some of the top collegiate players across the country. They go up to Cape Cod and there's a, a 10 team league. Um, all, all the teams are spread out kind of across Cape Cod. And uh, like you said, it's a wood bat league. So it's kind of a rare opportunity for, for major league scouts to really see a lot of top talent all in one area and play baseball with wood bats. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that the MLB draft happens every summer and teams are investing millions of dollars and super high draft picks in guys uh, just hoping that you know they're able to to pan out when they have to switch to to a wood bat. I was up there, uh, I guess, about three years ago um, on a family vacation. We stayed in Chatham and we took in a couple of games there, and um, that really kind of planted the seed in my brain of like what a great story this would be for our audience because. You know, even though you don't know which guys are going to become Yankees or which guys are going to become big leaguers, um, it's just a really special baseball experience. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, and particularly if you're up here in the Northeast, I mean, it's really easy to get to. I live in North Jersey, and it was like under a four-hour ride. It's just a way to go, you know, see and and see really up close some of the the best players out there at the collegiate level. I mean, these guys. You know, Aaron Judge came from Fresno State, 3,000 miles away. The baseball is is fantastic, and it's fun to follow along with these guys' careers after you see them play on the Cape. And then, you know, just the, the whole experience of being up there in such a beautiful place really makes it special as well. Well, that's what stood out to me. You know, I you and I talk about this a lot. I As much as I am a fan of baseball at all levels, I think even more than that, I, I revel in experiences and, you know, not just the experience of going somewhere to go to a baseball game or like John and I talk about going somewhere to run a race, but it's what you can also do while you're there. You know, the bars that you can go to, the the experiences around whatever the, the main event, let's say, is. And you just did such a great job of painting this picture of what an amazing time this this is to go there to see some really cool baseball hanging out outside and then going to these lobster bars and you know you're you're in a beautiful place you're by the ocean you know you you cost me a lot of money uh basically because now i i have to go there and i and unlike you i haven't been there but oh my god did it did it whet my appetite to to go there and again a lot of it has to do with the baseball and seeing you know great baseball players obviously i know that you know whenever i go i'm not going to see aaron judge or luke void or dj lemayhu like you wrote about cuz they're here now but uh you know you're going to see some great baseball but you're also just going to get such a kind of a well-rounded cool experience and that that you really painted a picture when I was reading it, I, I in a lot of ways I felt like I I was there, and you did a great job on that front, and and it just was it was exciting to read. Yeah, you know, every guy on the Yankees that I talked to for this story, they all said it was one of the most fun summers of their lives. Um, you know, it was a, a chance for them, you know, to to play baseball during the day and or you know they had night games too but to play baseball in a really competitive environment but then the stuff away from the field was so memorable for each and every one of them you know one of the really kind of unique aspects of the Cape Cod League is that they don't like stay together in a dorm or in a hotel most of the players in the Cape Cod League stay with host families and those host families often 
you know, make this summer really, really memorable for these guys. You know, the families are, are locals who know the, know the area really well. And so DJ LeMahieu was just, you know, had all these wonderful things to say about his host family, how, uh, you know, they would take him out on off days to go crabbing or fishing. And, um, you know, Luke Voigt talked about the, the, you know, the great food that he ate at, like every night, uh, with them and Aaron judge who I, I really got to thank um honestly because he became such a big part of this story just based on like the amazing stories he told me and and really i mean it was almost unprompted i mean i I would ask like a basic question and he just had you know such a great recall of everything that went on that summer and he clearly had a really really memorable time there and after i spoke to him i was just so excited to write this story and share it with our readers because uh his anecdotes i thought were among the best I have to say, Nate, this is something that I feel we've been missing in some ways is this type of story over the course of the last year and a half. Uh, It's been the nature of having restricted access to these players, obviously, kind of having to be really a little bit precious maybe in some of the things that we pursue and really kind of knowing, if you will, that if you're going to pursue an angle – you got to kind of aim for one player and not like seven because it's just a lot harder right now. And I missed it a lot. You know, we talked earlier in this episode about the things we missed. I missed this type of story, which is really you can see the work that you did in in a non-showy way. You can see the the fruits of it, really. You know, these are anecdotes that you don't get from your typical, you know, hopping into the middle of a Zoom press conference with, you know, the whole beat and getting a story in there. These are guys who... You know, you, you could see how you worked them in a sense. And that's fun as an editor to read a story like that. That's fun as a baseball fan to read a story like that. I, I love the fact that I can see certain things in there that I know kind of the genesis of. And I know that people buying the magazine at the stadium where they're sitting in a full stadium now, which is amazing. They can read it in a totally different way. But it, it's just very exciting for me to read the story. As exciting as it is to hear baseball fans in the stadium, this is the type of story that I look forward to us getting back to because this is the type of thing that I think Yankees Magazine does a lot better than really most baseball magazines out there right now. And it's nice to have it back. It's nice to have a big, rich story about something that is not obvious, that is something not, not simply this is about what's happening on the field for the Yankees right now, or even this is something about a topic that is tangentially related to the Yankees. You told a Yankees Cape Cod League story, and I thought that was really fun to read. And you really brought us back to that, Nathan, and and that was that was great. And and now with the way things are going, my hope is there's a lot more stories like that that we're going to be able to do. And you know, makes me excited about the future. And we were fortunate to do what we did, you know, during the real heart of the pandemic. Now it's time to get back to, as I said earlier in the podcast, the nostalgia of 2019. And, and, and look, I'm just going to be very blunt about this. Normally, this is the part of the episode where I'd be pitching for you to go read the story on our website. And I can't do that this time. The reality is where Yankees, the opening of the story is about Mike Ford, who is not on the New York Yankees anymore. So the story will not be heading to uh, <laughs> Yankees.com. But by all means, go to Yankee Stadium, pick up a copy of this June issue of Yankees Magazine and read the story of the endless summer because Nate, you did such a good job of capturing what the Cape Cod League is, what it means and why it's special. And I loved it, man. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. It, it was a lot of work. I probably uh, pushed it pretty close with our deadline last month due to that. But uh, 
thanks to uh, you know the efforts of everybody on, on this team here. Uh, I think it came out really well, and uh, I know that uh, our readers ought to enjoy it, and hopefully uh, it'll inspire some folks to, to head up to the Cape Cod League and, and check it out one of these days. For sure. Great, great story, great photos. Every part of it is just a terrific addition to Yankees Magazine. And uh, I think we can leave it there to really close out our June issue. Uh, Next time we do this in two weeks, we will start talking about the July issue a little more. But in the meantime, everyone, happy summer, uh, happy uh, whatever you have ahead of you, and enjoy the weekend. And I will speak to you guys soon. Nate, Al, see ya. Thanks, John. Thank you. And to all the rest of you, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Yankees Magazine Podcast. If you want to hear more about the stories that we discussed today, go to yankees.com slash magazine, where you can see all of our long-form content. Or, of course, go to yankees.com slash publications, where you can pick up some back issues, pick up individual issues, or subscribe. It's a great time to subscribe. It's always a great time to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Yanks Magazine, and make sure you subscribe to this podcast and to anything from the Yankees Magazine Podcast Network. Go to yankees.com slash podcast or the podcast app of your choice. Thanks so much. We'll speak to you soon. Have a good one, and go Yanks. Hi, this is Chad Green. If you like what you're hearing, why don't you rate and review us? And while you're at it, tell your friends to subscribe. Thanks so much, and go Yankees. This episode is also brought to you by MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand with MLB.tv. Your subscription also includes the MLB app Premium, allowing you to stream live baseball with your favorite supported devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hi, this is Gio Shella. You are listening to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. The MLB Ballpark app will complete your next visit to Yankee Stadium. Buy and manage game tickets, redeem special check-in offers, access exclusive content, and much more. Download the MLB Ballpark app today.